0: Welcome to the Caring Congregation podcast, where we seek to educate and equip pastors and congregational care ministers to develop and implement congregational care ministry and provide ongoing training and resources to existing care ministries. I'm Rev. Joy Dister-Dominguez, and with me today is Rev. Eddie Kaler. And on today's episode, we're talking about care for college students. This is one part of a two-part episode series, if you will, under the larger umbrella for season four for youth and young adults. We're all about ways that we as the church can provide care for all persons. And that is especially important for college students. I hope that you find this conversation really insightful. It's important that as we think about care for our young people, That it's not just stopping when they go off to college. How do we stay connected? How do we welcome back these young people with open arms, with grace that abounds? It's such an important thing. And we have so much to learn from our college students. These times are so tough and they need our love. They need our support. We also need to help connect them to incredible, vibrant ministries that are happening all around the country perhaps in around the world too, (laughs) but especially in the United States, there are vibrant college ministries. So how are we connecting our college students to these college ministries? If they don't have ministries such like this, um, how can we still be the church continuing to reach out, send care packages, letters, cards, texts, emails, (laughs) just ways that we can stay connected to our college students. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Reverend Eddie. Uh, he's one of my buddies. I'm so grateful to have him on this podcast. Here's our show. Well, welcome, Eddie. I'm so glad that you're with me today and can share a little bit more about your world in college ministry. So welcome.
1: Thank you. I'm happy to be with you and talk more about uh, the caring congregation with college students. And this has been really fun. I'm looking forward to this.
0: Good, good. Well, will you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Um, I am a campus pastor right now, director of the uh, Wesley Foundation at Texas Christian University in Fort Worth. And I'm finishing year two right now. So I started here in July of 2020. Um, But prior to, to coming to TCU, I served as an associate pastor at a local church in Fort Worth. And that's where we met. We got to know each other through the ordination process and and then also kind of work alongside one another as um, we try to just begin a CCM ministry there at the local church. Um, So that's where I've been recently. Uh, My wife is from West Texas. I'm originally from the Panhandle of Texas. And we both met in uh, college down at Mary Hardin Baylor, uh, Mm -hmm. just north of Austin, Mm -hmm. and uh, lived out in North Carolina for. Three years. I went to seminary at Duke and my wife worked at the hospital there. And we were so ready and itching to get back to Texas and happy (laughs) to be in Fort Worth now. So
0: awesome. Yeah, it's been so much fun just doing ministry together and how our, our paths have crossed. And of course, we have in common that I used to be a Uh, director of a Wesley Foundation as well before my time in uh, church ministry. And so we've had long conversations about college ministry and the importance of it. And so I think as we're exploring what does it mean to care for our youth and our young adults, we have to be intentional about our college students. I think that is is so vital. Um, And so I'm curious, what is the current state of of college ministry in your context and how are the students emotionally and spiritually? There's so much happening right now.
1: Well, sure there is. Uh, One thing I'm holding in mind is that the only student to have seen a normal year on their college campus in a typical four-year cycle are our seniors right now that are getting ready to graduate in a couple of months. (laughs) Everyone else has not had the college experience that they probably thought they would or probably dreamed about having. Um, So that's, that's really at the forefront when I think about, you know, how things are um, Mm -hmm. changing. Although there does seem to be a shift just in how campus ministries are trying to reach and care for college students. It seems like decades ago, the Bible study and the luncheons were kind of the, the MO for uh, campus ministries. And then we, yep. we kind of shifted gears into these big worship services. And it seems that now uh, there may be a, a shift uh, to something new to something else, to more of a life group discussion based, mm. some people to walk and journey with you. Um which isn't to say that the Bible studies and worship didn't do that, mm-hmm. but but the model I think could be shifting again. Some. Um, That's interesting. The,
0: well, and I want to touch base about that. So when you talk about the the model of uh, reaching and engaging with college students, and to hear the different shifts, the different changes, um, I I think that that to me that inspires me as a local pastor to remember that that's what we also need to be doing as well. <laughs> what, what was working, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, 15, or even longer. It's like, it's not working now. Or um, are we being innovative or creative because the times are just different now?
1: Yeah, I, I, that's right. And I think, I think they're all worth doing, right? Sure. So what we do here is we do offer the Bible studies and, and our worship is our main gathering. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what we're learning is, that the students have a desire for something more outside of those two Mm. experiences. And so actually one of the things we did, uh, with COVID is, you know, there are a lot of restrictions about space size and our building capacity and, you know, six feet and all this. And, uh, so what we did was, uh, and it was awkward, it was strange and it was weird, but we would pre-record the music and the message. Um, and this is early on 2020 time. But um, we would pre-record that, and then after we, w- we would like almost simulcast it in different rooms uh, for them to watch it together. But we would turn around and break off into discussion groups immediately following the the message, so that they could reflect and share and go deeper. And it was received so well um, that we've continued it now, even when some of those restrictions have been lifted, uh, because. They get so much out of th- that immediate follow-up after the message, sure. after the worship service to um, share with one another. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, it's just, it's it's meeting a need that, mm-hmm. that we see right mm-hmm. now.
0: So the Wesley Foundation at TCU in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, will you share a little bit about the demographics, the, the hunger for that connection, what makes your campus unique uh what makes it um what is your context how would you describe that for people listening all around the world
1: sure yeah we're um we're in fort worth which is not dallas (laughs) make that clear it's not (laughs) dallas (laughs) we are our own city (laughs) and uh and so there's um there's some things that, that come with that in and that we, we love all the big stuff of being near Dallas and all the mm-hmm. big city things, but, but we also pride ourselves on kind of a small town feel. And mm-hmm. TCU uh, mirrors that because TCU is a, um, it's a private Christian institution. Uh, they're affiliated formally with the Disciples of Christ. And the main attraction for a lot of students is that they can get this big Division One. Big 12, uh, really great at athletics, premier, awesome, beautiful campus university experience. And it's still rather small when, when compared to some of the other enrollments at other universities. So I think TCU is still under 10,000 students. So um, actually the school resembles the kind of uh, mission or, or perception of the, the city that we're in. It's like big feel, or big attraction, small town feel. And um, now the majority of our students are, um, well, half are probably from the state of Texas, but half are from out of state. So there's quite a few students from California and mm-hmm. uh, Georgia and just all over the country. And um, they're probably typical profile which would be a stereotypical profile and not (laughs) not a a completely accurate one for every case would be a a more affluent uh, student or a -hmm. a family sending Mm -hmm. that student to TCU Um, so so when you talk about needs you know one of the things we try to do in campus ministry is just convince anybody of a need of anything (laughs)
0: sure sure Uh,
1: they're at a time in their life of 18 to 22 Um, where you have a chance to in some cases uh, you know live the extended four-year vacation post high school right Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and get all the treats and goodies and uh, experiences and parties and fun that's promised to you and uh, in a lot of cases some students uh, have a hard time recognizing that they might actually have a need that's Mm -hmm. not met interesting
0: (laughs) sure sure so where, where do you see college students needing care or how do they need care?
1: Um, I, think, I think in line of that need, that's one of the ways um, I think they are lo- longing for care is to partly be accepted. And so to, to find grace, because mm-hmm. uh, what I've noticed by being around a university again <laughs> and close to one is there's not a whole lot of grace that goes around um, in college.
0: From student to student or faculty to student?
1: Oh, everywhere. Okay. <laughs> from all okay. Of it, right? You think about sure. the amount of expectations yeah. on a student yeah. from every which direction. There's expectations from home, uh, especially if home's paying for school.
0: We're <laughs> an expensive school. <laughs> That's right. There's expectations
1: <laughs> to make the grade, to get the job, to do well. And I, I hear about these parents tracking students and their mm-hmm. locations. And, yeah. and yeah. Yeah. there's apparently trackers on how fast you're going. And there's just so much, um, you know, the, the eye is upon them from home. And then, you know, socially there's, Uh, expectations to try to fit with the social expectations of of college Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had one student in my office the other day that she was uh, talking about why the Wesley was important and why it was good for her and she said it's it's one of the places you know you can go and not feel awkward because (laughs) where else can you go on a college campus and not be looked at and judged and (sighs) um feel awkward, you know, just in different spaces. And some of that's some of that's the the age of of that coming into adulthood, right? Of course. Uh and then teachers, professors, I mean, there's just there's just an incredible amount of expectations on students. Mm. And so when I think about sorry, when I think about care, uh the need the need to show them grace. Like Mm. that they that they are loved despite what they achieve despite what they don't achieve, uh, that they're welcomed for who they are and not what they do. Hmm. Uh, To me, that's been the really rich uh, places of, of meeting and finding care for those students.
0: Wow, that's beautiful. I can imagine all those expectations are just so heavy, so heavy. And just providing that safe space just a safe place of acceptance and love and like you said grace is so needed um what challenges besides these all these expectations what challenges do you hear from college students
1: some of the challenges that i hear from students are you know the, the, the there's always going to be the typical college challenges, right? Sure. There's always too much partying on Thursday nights and too mm. early of 8 a.m. classes on Friday morning. <laughs> uh, those are typical. And I don't think that's changing, even with COVID. It may actually have gotten worse with COVID, some of those unique pressures and, and what our students are turning to to try to cope. Um, but But the other challenges I hear are not, necessarily unique to college students. And I think there are challenges that you and I would share and people in our local churches would share. And it's um, friendship. (laughs) It's uh, a place to be authentic with someone else. Uh, It's a place to, to be seen, to be heard. These are the needs that these students have because if you think about it, with all those expectations on you, plus the ones you put on yourself, I mean, I didn't even mention those, I've got plenty of those, and, and if you think about all that riding on your shoulders, uh, it's quite exhausting to keep face and maintain this, this persona and image of yourself, carrying yourself around campus, and so uh, the challenge is where, where can I let that go, where can I take that off, where can I have a chance to breathe mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And
0: how do you see the economy and the political scene play into those challenges? If there's this weight of when I graduate and I'm going into an economy that is just really struggling right now and the the unknowns of the political scene and with elections coming up, I'm just curious if there's this heavy, heavy weight as a young adult entering this world like that just doesn't make sense sometimes it just it it doesn't make sense to other adults let alone this young emerging adult
1: there is a uh kind of looming over them the the world they're about to enter I had a conversation with one of the seniors who's um planning to teach high school after graduating you know he's a music education major and it was it was um a little haunting, a little uh, surreal to talk with him that now he was going to in turn next year, be the one to um, lead and and deal with and uh, overcome the challenges of of COVID and of like restrictions and safety and students and all of a sudden, uh, what he's known on one side of the fence for three years as a, mm-hmm. a student in college mm-hmm. uh, is now going to be entering into the workforce um, on the other side of it and could be dealing with it for many, many years to come. Sure. So exactly. there's some of that and there's, um, I mean, there's there's definitely, uh, you mentioned the economy, students more than I did. And I would imagine more than maybe previous generations did, or certainly weighing out the return on investment. And Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I'd rather do this, but maybe I should take this job because Mm -hmm. that's going to be more financially responsible. So.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Well, and I also wonder the challenges of technology, um, the incredible advancement that we have and the opportunities that creates and yet the stress and the pressure of technology. I mean, we didn't have Facebook 20 years ago when I was in college, <laughs> you know, we didn't have, I don't even think, I, no, I didn't even have a smartphone. Um, I didn't even have a Blackberry yet when I was in college. Um, I'm curious um, how, how that's played as a, as a burden. In college students' lives
1: it certainly has well for one it's not going away all the technology True. right <laughs> and if we've if we've integrated it so much now over the last two years by by force really um, mm-hmm. we've mm-hmm. had the, the need to, then it's only going to may probably stay that way is what i'm hearing uh mm-hmm. the other night mm-hmm. our board of directors we were kind of dreaming up and planning for what uh, our ministry should be in 10 years and uh someone brought up the, the great point that uh that's the current third graders of today
0: wow are the, are yeah. the ones
1: entering college <laughs> wow. Yeah. and uh someone uh actually as a, a parent of a now third grader said that the, the this this upcoming generation now is going to be referred to as uh, generation alpha. Mm. And generation alpha is going to have this this even higher degree of integration between technology mm-hmm. and person hybrid mm-hmm. stuff whatever mm-hmm. that means. Sure. That is going to be their lives and so I think it's uh we can talk about care and how local congregations and ministries and just people can care for other people. I think we we've got to pay attention to and figure out, uh, how technology can be a good asset for that. And also how it can be a harmful, um, struggle in that. Sure. We talk about expectations. So many students are comparing themselves to what they see on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. and and local churches do it too because i've been the pastor scrolling the feeds and looking at what other churches are doing and, and i play the comparison game too sure
0: sure
1: and uh there's there that that is a need and a challenge that that uh together we we really ought we owe it to young people and ourselves to um walk with one another in that however Mm, that is mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) yeah yeah so speaking of the church how do students think they are perceived by the church
1: I think students for the most part know that churches are going to be nice to them Mm -hmm. I think they know churches are going to show love to them and be kind to them at at their first interaction Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. um But I think, I think one of the worries, and maybe this could just be me, I, uh, I could be off here, but I know uh, when I was uh, under 25 visiting local churches, one of the uh, reactions I often got was uh, one of total excitement and almost overwhelmed uh, <laughs> approaches of we can't believe a young person is here. <laughs> <laughs> could you possibly stay here as long as possible, mm-hmm. sure, <laughs> and help sure. others get here? Yeah, and I I wonder if young people don't um, see the church as viewing them to be uh, an instrument, a tool, uh, it's something else. It's just what it could be. Is it one more expectation? Right. Mm,
0: yeah, I I saw that. I saw that for sure. It's almost like a young person um now now bring your friends <laughs> and um while you're here um do you want to lead something so that other of your friends can come like i hear you it's the expectation of oh you're here now save our church
1: <laughs> exactly exactly and uh- yeah
0: it's overwhelming it's overwhelming
1: <laughs> it is my, my in-laws have a fabulous story uh, that i love uh, that just illustrates that in, in that uh <laughs>
0: Join us next week for part two, where Reverend Eddie uh, finishes this story. It's like a teaser. We want you to come back. It's actually a really funny story. Um, You're going to want to hear this. So please join us next week for part two of care for our college students. Until then, you can check out our website for additional resources, thecaringcongregation.com. Be sure to register for our upcoming webinar, which is February 25th and 26th. We'd love to have you and your care team join us. But until then, may God bless you and keep you.